appreciate what you do. Let us bow our heads and transition right into the Word of God for this morning. First Sunday in October and the first day in October. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you. God, illuminate my speech. God, uh, in touch and impress upon the hearts of your listeners, your hearers. Let this be a revelatory moment that is unhindered, unobstructed by any satanic or demonic forces. God, allow us to not leave the same way that we came. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, with our Bibles in our hands. Repeating after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Delivered Simple, where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our Creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, feed me your word. Amen. All right, so we, we had gone through a seven-part series on Healthy Church, and now we're deviating from that. We will pick up Healthy Church at a later date. I don't know when yet, but I have enjoyed teaching that. But it's time to move on to something else, and I'll just give us the title right up front. Today's title is this. It is Prepared People. Prepared People. Somebody say that when we say prepared people. All right, and so we're going to give you a definition of prepared that covers two things. Number one, made ready for use. Number two, created in advance, pre-planned. Say that again, made ready for use and created in advance, pre-planned. All right. Now I'm going to give us a quote that is quite familiar uh, I do have at the very, very bottom, I have uh, at the very bottom, uh, go, go ahead and make it uh, big for everybody first. At the very bottom, I have the very various people who are attributed to it, and so it's very, very small because we really don't know who said it, so I just threw that out there. These are not my words, but you've probably heard this before, but it's a saying that says, heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. I'm going to say that again. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. I think I'm going to say it one more time. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. All right. So moving on, I'm going to add, these are, these are my words now here. Being able to pull things together is a gift. But being prepared is a skill. Being able to pull things together is a gift. It's a gifting, but being prepared is a skill. So whenever something is a skill, it's something that you can get better at, you can develop. And the thing about a gift is, a gift that is given is supposed to be used many times for crisis times. In other words, in crisis or when life throws you curveballs or life throws you lemons, you got to know how to make lemonade. You got to know how to adjust you got to know how to move on the fly. But life is not always that topsy-turvy. Uh-huh. 
sometimes things are very simple and the reason why you're always pulling things together is not because you're gifted, it's because you're unprepared. And when you learn how to be prepared and to be a prepared people, you won't always have to function in your gift all the time. You can use your skill. My wife tells me all the time that if I would leave for work earlier, I wouldn't have to rush. Now, sometimes I'm praying to get every light, and I get every light, and I thank God for every light, but I wouldn't need every light if I was more prepared. So preparation will save you a lot of things, and it's a skill. It's something that can be developed, and in order to be a healthy church, we have to be a more prepared people. All right, now I'm going to read uh, verses of Scripture. I'm going to read Matthew 25, 1 through 13. I'm going to try to read it without stopping because it's a very familiar passage, and then later on I'll bring Mother Mitchell in to read, but I'm just going to try to go through these because it's very familiar, but it paints the picture that needs to be painted. And so, uh, once again, we're talking about preparation. We're not talking about salvation. You can be saved and grossly unprepared at the same time. So I'm not saying this this has anything to do with your salvation. You're saved, but we need to be better prepared. All right, so let's look at Matthew 25, 1 through 13, and I will try to track through this. So it says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. So we have ten virgins. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. They were all virgins, but one were wise, ones were foolish. Three, when the foolish took the lamps, they didn't take oil with them. When they took their lamps, they didn't take oil with them. They were underprepared. But the wise ones took oil in their flasks with their lamps. Verse 5. When the groom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep because it was taking a while. How many know sometimes God takes a while to do what we want him to do? And in the middle of the night, there was a shout. Here's the groom. Come out to meet him. And it happened in the middle of the night. Verse 7. Then all the virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. Verse 8, the foolish ones said to the wise ones, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. Let, 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 let me borrow, let me bomb, let me get, help me out, help a brother out, hook a brother up, hook a sister up. Verse 9, the wise ones answered, no. There won't be enough for us and for you. Go instead to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. I would help you out, but I'm in a season where I can't give you everything I got and be what I need to be. So hurry up and go get you some. All right, let's, let's continue to read. Verse 10, when they had gone to buy some, the groom arrived, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. Those who were what? Ready. Went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. All right, let's look at verse 11. 
We're almost finished with this reading. Later, the rest of the verses also came and said, Master, Master, open up for us. So they showed up, but they showed up just a little too late and the door was closed. Sometimes the reason why there's closed doors in your life is because you were not prepared. Verse 12. He replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Verse 13. Final verse. Therefore, be alert because you don't know either the day or the hour. This is Matthew 25, 1 through 13 from the Christian Standard Bible. So since you don't know the day nor the hour, then you have to not get ready. You have to stay ready. You have to be ready because you cannot always predict what's going to happen. And so you have to be a prepared people Ahead of time. Preparation means you've got to do it ahead of time, before time. You can't wait till the last minute. If you, let me talk to you young people for a second. If you have a test on Friday, you can't study Friday morning. You have to start studying Monday through Friday. Maybe you need to start listening in class if you know the test is coming on Friday. But here's the thing about us adults. We don't know when the test is going to come. Young people, they know when the test is going to come and they're still not prepared. Us, we don't know when the test is going to come. So we have to already be prepared. All right. So let's sum all that up in just four words. Go ahead and bring this up for us. Prepared equals wise. Unprepared equals foolish. We're not, they all were virgins or in our context, they all were saved. They all were Christians. They all spoke in tongues. But some were wise and some were foolish. Now, I don't know which one is you. We're just going to keep going through the message. So you can't say I'm talking about nobody. I don't know if you're wise or if you're foolish. All I know is prepared people are wise and unprepared people are foolish. So let's, we're going to give us three type of people that we need to be. So number one, we're going to start with this. We need to be prepared saints. If you're going to be a part of the body of Christ, if you're going to be a part of Deliverance Temple, you need to be prepared saints. All right. And so uh, let, let, let me uh, preface this that um, it's going to sound a little fussy as I'm preaching, but don't blame me. I'm just the messenger. I don't pick what I say. God dropped this in my spirit. So it's going to sound a little fussy. It's going to be tight, but it's going to be right. Let's look at Mark 15, 42. I'm going to bring that up. And go ahead and read that, Mother Mitchell. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath. Now, I'm just grabbing this right out of its context to show us this is right before Jesus was going toward the cross, no, actually, this is actually, Jesus already died. This is before his burial. It's but talking about Joseph Arimathea. But the reason why I bring that up is because in those times, they had what they called the Sabbath day. And on the Sabbath, you were not supposed to do any work. You were supposed to rest. So the day before the Sabbath became the preparation day. In other words, anything you need to get done, 
You need to get it done before the Sabbath rolls around. The Sabbath rolls around every single week. It wasn't like it was a surprise. They knew it was coming. So the day before became the preparation day. Well, we no longer function in the Sabbath. Jesus is our Sabbath. But we worship on Sunday morning. And it's not a surprise that Sunday is coming. Sunday comes 52 times in a year. So there are some things you need to be doing on Saturday night to be prepared for Sunday morning. And so there, sometimes some of y'all act like you don't know that Sunday's coming. And you don't know where the church is. It's still here. It's not like we picked the church up and moved it somewhere else. It's the same place, same building, same time. And if you are not able to function with it, it may be because you are underprepared. Let me, let me, let me move on because I don't want to, I don't want to get too fussy yet. Let's start off with three areas of church preparation. Go ahead. And bring that up. Three areas of church preparation. I could talk about a lot of them, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bring it down to three. Three areas of church preparation. Let's go ahead and throw A up. A clothing. We do not have a dress code here. But if unless we have spirit week, don't show up here in your pajamas and your house shoes. And rollers in your head. We are still coming to worship. So come presentable. What you wore to the club on Saturday night, don't wear that to church on Sunday morning. We're not going to dog you for going to the club, but you need to understand where you're coming. You're coming to a house of worship, so understand that and be prepared. If you can get an outfit ready for King's Island, you can get an outfit ready for church. If kids who do not like school on the first day of school will lay out their outfit, don't tell me you couldn't show up to church because you couldn't find nothing to wear. Church comes 52 times a year. So be prepared. I'm not saying you have to dress up, but don't just be raggedy just because, oh, it's Deliverance Temple. They love everybody. We love everybody. But if you love the Lord the way you say you love the Lord, you ought to function in a way that shows it. There are some people who missed an opportunity to a job because they showed up to the interview unprepared. They showed up with a button over here and a button down there. I'm not hiring you because you didn't have enough time to respect the job to show up prepared. And if you can show up to an interview prepared, can't you show up to church prepared? I told my my son Dylan that I was going to use him in the message. I love my son Dylan. And I love all my kids. But they act like they forget we have church every week. And so somehow they, their alarm clocks don't work on Sunday morning. When they want to go other places, their alarm clock works, but not on Sunday morning. 
And so uh, uh, Drayden takes a lot longer to get ready. Dylan gets ready a little quicker. So I asked Dylan when he was coming down the steps, I said, can you find a shirt that's a little less wrinkled? Because he's just throwing something on because I, I got up late. I'm throwing something on so I can get out the door. But don't forget you're coming to church. So put some effort in this thing, not for your salvation, just to show that you care. All right, let's move on along. I'm already stepping on toes, so let me keep going. Let's go to B, 52 times a year. This happens. So be prepared in your timing. Church starts at 11 a.m. So that means you have to be prepared. Anytime you go anywhere, you have to be prepared if you're going to make it there on time or before time. Let me, let me throw this out here. So we start church at 11, but we have an, a, we have a five minute countdown. So that means that church really doesn't start till 1105. Why do we do that? To give you just a little cushion. But if you've never seen the countdown in this church, that means you have never been prepared with your timing. Somebody said, I, I didn't know we had a countdown because you've never been here by 11.05. And it happens 52 times a year. So, not that, do you have to be on time all the time? But at least sometimes. And in order to do that, you're going to have to be prepared. Well, well, pastor, I got kids. I know you have kids. God knows you have kids. But let me add this. There's some people who travel from Indianapolis and get here quicker than you, and you live seven minutes away. Oh, it's tight. Well, that's right. Don't, Don't mean you're not saved. It just means you're under prepared. And so we've got to, we, we can, we can all do better. So let, 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 let me track further. I don't know, when you're stepping on toes, you want to stand on them too long. Let me, let me give you another point. Come on. C, C is knowing. So be prepared in your knowing. Well, I didn't know we was doing that. Pastor, I didn't know you was going there. Well, pastor, I invited somebody to church and you weren't preaching. It's in the newsletter. It's in the newsletter when there's going to be a different preacher. And so if you invited somebody and you wanted them to hear me preach, it's not my fault. You didn't know because it was there. You have to be prepared. You need to ask somebody. You got to figure out how to get to act so you can know what's going on. And it's stuff that happens 52 times. Well, this don't happen 52 times. This happens 12 times. 12 times in a year, there is a new newsletter that tells you what's going on and when there's something not going on. And let me, let me throw this in too. This goes back to the previous one. Some people don't know the announcements because not only do they not have the newsletter, they're not here on time when I go through the announcements. Because before I ever preach, I give the announcements, and the reason why you don't know is because you've never been on time to hear the announcements, and then you don't have anything to know. So I'm not saying you're a bad person. You're just under prepared. So we got to be a prepared people. Now, now, if we take it out of the church setting, there's a lot of ways we can be more prepared. 
when it comes to me being sometimes rushing for work, it's not because I just got up late. It's because I got everything together and I don't know where my keys are. Then I don't know where my wallet is. I don't know where my thing to clock in is. So I had to start putting them in designated places. Before you lay down for work, know where you're putting stuff because you can't pray for everything. Some stuff you just got to do. You just got to prepare, Andre. So I've, I've, I've learned how to be better at that. And so there's, there's things that we could all be better at. Let, let me add this in just to throw a side note because I'm going to get on it at some point. At some point, we're going to talk about relationships. But it makes no sense for you to be with somebody five, ten years and you forgot their birthday. Amen. They don't have a new birthday. And they don't have a new, y'all don't have a new anniversary. How do you forget? February 14th is always February 14th. How did you forget? You got to be prepared. If your spouse or your partner, if that's something they care about, then you're going to have to be prepared. Well, I'm not into Christmas, but your kids are into it. So you're going to have to be prepared so that they're not crying on the 25th. And you praying, I wonder why my kids cry because you didn't get them nothing. You know, you don't act dull, prepare ahead of time. Oh, let me add this. I didn't mean to keep going to this, but, but that credit card, it needs to be paid every month. I don't know how I got all this interest because you ain't paying nothing. You're going to have to prepare. When you swipe the card, you're going to have to know in your mind at some point, this needs to be paid. Another thing, don't buy something same as cash and they tell you for 13 months it's 0% interest. And on the 14th month, you want to pray because they added stuff. You had 13 months to pay it off. You're going to have to prioritize and prepare. Some of the stuff we get into that we try to pray away, we wouldn't have to pray it away if we were more prepared. All right, all right. All right, since I'm, since I'm talking about family, let me, let me, let me tease my mother for a second. Over the summer, me and my family went out a lot, and my mother would go out to eat with us. And then she would, when it come time to pay the bill, she'd be like, oh, I changed purses. And my card is in the other purse. Oh, mama, we got you. But then the next week, she didn't change verses again. <laughs> Kelly was like, how come every time the bill come? It, it just slipped her mind. But here, this is what family does. Family tell you the truth. Because, listen, I'll take care of you these next two times. But next time, you're going to have to bring your stuff. Don't, don't have amnesia now. And that's what I'm doing. We're family, and I'm trying to tell you we need to be prepared. All right, let's let's move right along. And I, I stepped on enough toes all at one time. All right, number one, prepared saints. So 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 we could be better prepared. All right, uh, I, I could have added some more things like praying. Why do you wait till uh, you get to church to pray? You should have been praying before. There's a lot of things I could have put out there, but I just gave us those three just to get us moving in the right direction. So here's our point number two. So we have prepared saints. Now, prepared praisers. 
Let's look at Second Chronicles 16, 1 through 4. I believe this is a New Living Translation. Mother Mitchell's going to read it. They brought the ark of God and placed it inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And they presented burnt offerings and peace offerings to God. David had what he had prepared for it. If you know anything about the story, they had lost the ark of God, which was the presence of God. It was with the enemy's camp. And so actually the enemy got rid of it and ended up in a man named Obed-Edom. And his house was blessed because the ark was around him, the presence of God. And David said, we got to go and we've got to retrieve the ark. But he prepared a place for the presence of God. All right, let's read. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord. All right, so he had prepared a place for the anointing and he blessed the people. All right. Then he gave to every man and woman in all Israel a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. So he prepared a place for the anointing. He made sure the people were blessed, and he gave to the people. He made sure the people were fed. And then let's look at the next one. David appointed the following Levites to lead the people in worship before the ark of the Lord, to invoke his blessings, to give thanks, and to praise the God of Israel. So after he did all of that, he appointed praisers. And so... Let's go through these A, B, and C, A, B, C, D, actually. Let's go through this. A, if you're in a place where preparation is made for the anointing to be present. In other words, let me just go ahead and make it clear. I got a whole lot on my plate. I got a lot that I have to do. But I don't take it out on you. I don't come in here with no jack leg message. I make sure when you get here, there is something anointed for you to take away. As, as I leave here, I have to go to another church and I have to preach the message that I'm preaching on Wednesday night because they don't want to show up at the field house for the first time. So they're doing a full run through of Wednesday today. And so I'm going there so that I'll be prepared on Wednesday. So what that means, I had to prepare a message for today. I had to prepare a message for Wednesday. And at 2 o'clock, I have to go somewhere and preach again. And, and why am I doing that? Because that's what it takes to be in the leadership place that I'm in. Last night, me and my wife and Krista and Doug and my in-laws, we were at the Jazz Fest. But still, no, I was at the Jazz Fest, but I still know I got stuff I had to do. I can't come in here. It's like, well, I'm at the Jazz Fest, so let me buy a message off of uh, the Internet and just give them something. They ain't going to know nothing different anyway. No, no, no. You deserve an anointed place to come to church. And let me pause and say this. I'm not here to dog anybody's church out. But the, one of the worst things that happened in the pandemic is people put their churches on TV. And you'll find out there's some folk that are not anointed. There's some folks shouting, hooping, and hollering, and there's no anointing, there's no power. But I can confidently say that is not deliverance temple. Amen. Like I said earlier, you can be here and nobody be here. You can be in the parking lot and you can feel the presence of God. Hallelujah. Um, just on, uh, I can't even remember when I was there. I, was, I think it was Friday. I was here doing something. 
and I walked out and there's a car parked almost blocking me. When I'm, when I'm just here doing things, I park right under the overpass so I'm, so I can get in and get out. But there was a car blocking me and there was a lady there looking and I'm looking like, what are you doing? My gun is in the car. My gun's not on me. I don't know. I'm, I'm saved, but I'm still watching. I don't know what you're doing. There's a lady and a man, and then she jumps out the car. And she's like, oh, you don't remember me. I'm like, no, I don't. And she just grabbed and embraced me and started crying. And she said, years ago, Karen brought me. Karen don't even belong to Deliverance Temple anymore. I might be sure she moved somewhere else. And she was pointing to the old building. She said, Karen brought me, and your dad was so good to me, and he loved on me. And then she looked back. She said, oh, I love your dad. She said, is your dad still alive? I said, no, he's passed away. And she just hugged me. She said, oh, y'all were so good to me. I don't know her from Adam, but she remembers Deliverance Temple. And she said, I'm over here at another church in another city, and I do stuff in that church. And they asked me where I got it, and I say, I got it at Deliverance Temple. Them folk raised me. They trained me. I don't remember her, but she won't forget the place because when you get connected to an anointed place, it changes your life. And I felt the presence of God all on her. And she was just talking about deliver simple, deliver simple, this. And actually, I had to go. And I was like, well, praise God. I got to kind of move on. But here's the thing. You are making an impact in folks that you don't even know you're making an impact. And that's what this church has done. This ministry has done. So, all right, let's move on, which gets me to my next point, B. The people are being blessed. So if you had a place where the anointing is present, the people are being blessed, C. The people are also being fed. If you got A, B, and C, then D. Here's D. Then the least thing you should do is be prepared to praise the Lord when you get there. That's the least you could do. Well, pastor, you're talking about David appointed praises, and you don't have a praise team. Yeah, we do. It's y'all. We don't have a praise team up here. We don't have musicians up here. So that means you have to be the praisers. And so when we have video praise, that means while video praise is going on, you can't be doing this. Oh, I wonder the fresh time coupon. Let me go ahead and download that. (laughs) Download that before you get here. When you get here, it's time to praise the Lord. Because somebody didn't wake up this morning and you're here and there's somebody hurting. So when you come in here, stop being so haphazard and so lackadaisical and come with a mind to praise. Well, I don't like the songs you play. Well, suggest some. Well, I don't like the songs that folks suggested. Well, give me enough money to buy me a band so that we can have some music here. There's no excuse. Have a mindset ready to praise the Lord. If God has been as good to you as you say he has, then you ought to have a mind to praise the Lord. And here's another thing. God has been good to all of us, but he's not good to all of us at the same time. So that means there are some people coming through the doors who are in the struggle of their life and you sitting here like a bump on a log. 
You ain't going through nothing. You're not grieving. Your job is not struggling. Life is on easy street and you you don't even want to come here and praise. People need you. They need your smile. They need your fervor. They need your energy. So come on. I, I need you. Don't, don't fade on me now. Don't give up on me now. Love Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan was hard on his teammates. And Steve Kerr, who was one of his teammates, said this. Michael didn't mind passing, but if he passed to you, you better hit the shot. Because he ain't passing to you anymore. I done worked too hard, and I got 45 points. The least you can do is give me four. When I give you the ball, the least you can do is do your job. Well, if I'm working midnight shift and praying and preaching, the least you can do is come here ready to praise the Lord. Don't come dragging in here. Don't come uh, talking no gossip. Come ready to praise the Lord. We got demons we're fighting. We got devils we're fighting. We got demons showing up in our homes, showing up in our face. And you want to play church? The devil is a lie. Come with a mind to praise the Lord. We ain't got time. Muncie is crazy as crazy can be. We we got time. To, we got to be on our post doing what we need to do. This morning, my wife decided she wanted to give the church some hot apple cider. It is good. But we don't have a hot apple cider faucet in the wall somewhere. That means she had to prepare ahead of time. She had to get it in her mind. She had to bring it. She had to get it set up. She had to get it early in order to serve you. If if the leaders can do that for you, the least you can do is come in here ready to praise the Lord. All right. It's tight. All right. All right. Moving right along. Here's number three. No, let, let, let me back up real quick. Let me actually back up. Uh, we'll, we'll go to prepared givers in a second. Some, uh, just about last month, we had some people from California showed up and they sat over there on that side and I ended up being in a meeting with them at Habitat for Humanity and it was a Mexican guy and he was saying, your message changed my life. He's like, it's what I needed. And he's like, I'm so glad we came and so glad we showed up. He said, but when I first came, I was sad. I was like, why were you sad? He said, because where I come from, when praise is going up, people stand up. And he was saying, I was watching, and people are looking at the video, and they sitting down. He's like, I didn't know what to do, so I stood up. It's a shame where outside people come in. And I know we don't have the best of stuff, but somebody, we we shouldn't have it to where everybody's sitting down. Now, some folk are tired, I understand, and sometimes you show up tired. But if you only have four folk, and I can name the folk that stands up if I wanted to. I can just point them out. Because it's only four or five. L- listen, we got to do better. Right. Well, well, Pastor, I'll, I'm just sitting down. If you sit down, at least clap your hands. Do something to activate the energy in the place. Because it's not just the message that makes a difference. When the presence of God moves, somebody will get touched in the atmosphere. But you have to have a mindset ready for it. When I grew up, we had church on the way to church. Bobby Jones gospel played from the time you woke up to the time you left out the door. 
You got ready for church on your way to church and had church while you was at church. And when you left church, you church on the way home from church. We done got so lackadaisical and so lazy. It's just a little dab will do you. I don't need a dab. Give me a whole bucket, God. Pour the whole oil of me. I need everything because the job that I go to is filled with so many demons. I need a place that can fill me up. If I run out of gas and I pull up to the gas station... And I say, whew, I got to get home, so give me 50 cent on pump one. That may have worked in 1973, but gas is 350, 380. 50 cent ain't going to get you nothing. So stop coming into church and thinking, oh, I was here three months ago, and so that's going to help me. No, you need more than that, and you need to come ready to fill up. Fill me up till I overflow. All right. Prepared givers. Somebody say prepared givers. All right, let's go to 2 Corinthians 9, 2 through 6. And these are quite small, so if you have trouble reading them, just let me know. Because I know your readiness to help concerning which I keep on boasting to the Macedonians about you that Achaia has been ready to help since last year. And your zeal has stirred up the majority of them. Paul was talking to them, to the church of Corinth, and he was saying, I've been bragging on you. I've been boasting about you. I've been boasting about how giving you are, how you commit to serve creatively, and how you communicate Christ's love, compassion. All right, let's read the next verse, verse 3. But I am sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you would not prove to be empty in this case, so that you may be prepared just as I was saying. He was talking about giving. I I told them, y'all some giving folk, but I'm sending the brothers ahead of time so you'll be prepared. Once again, uh, Sunday comes 52 times. Oh, I didn't know we was going to give an offering this week. How did you not know that? When you got here, was the air on? Was the heat on? And there's times where the air and the heat isn't on. And the first thing I tell you is, look, we're having a problem. We're trying to fix it. We're trying to make sure everything is taken care of. We're trying to build a state-of-the-art ministry in the hood. We could ha- we could drive better cars and live in better houses, but we're pouring everything back into the assembly, into the ministry, so that we can be what we need to be for you. So don't show up unprepared to give. Well, pastor, you don't talk about giving a lot. The reason why I don't, because the Bible lets us know that where your treasure is, your heart is. So you give to what you love. So if I have to keep telling you to give, you already let me know you don't love me. So if you love me, all I'm saying is be prepared to give. We need a fellowship hall over there. We need an extra place. It's going to cost extra money. And so somebody, somebody needs to be prepared to give. We have somebody who's not a part of the ministry who's already given us money to the building that we haven't built yet. And this person doesn't even call themselves a Christian. They say they go to Bedside Baptist, but they've already given for the building that we have not yet built yet. 
What about people who come here all the time? Do you have a mind prepared to give for the vision that we haven't even got there? Here's an extra $1,000 for whenever you need it to put the building. I, I, I want some extra carpet and some extra chairs so I, when I get my tax check I'm pulling extra out of it just because I'm prepared for whatever the church needs because I love the church now sometimes that happens oh, let, let, let me pause and say this uh, you ever had a good man drive your car and your car was on half full and when he gave it back it was on full because he loved you so much that he want to make sure I'm prepared to take care of you before you even ask for it. If I have to ask some of you women, the reason why you upset with your man is he does stuff only when you ask. But give me a man that'll take care of stuff before I ask, who's prepared, who looks and picks up stuff ahead of time. Ooh, I'll take care of him if he knows how to take care of me before I ask. Well, I'm your pastor and I'm never going to beg you and beat you up for your giving. But there's some stuff you ought to do that I should not have to ask because you love the place where you attend. All right. Read some more. Almost finished. Come on. Thank you. Thank you, Jasmine. Lest somehow, if Macedonians should come with me, and find you unprepared. We, not to speak of you, would be humiliated in connection with this project. Paul was being real plain. He said, if they show up and you're unprepared, what you have to understand about Paul, Paul would set up these churches, but then he would have to go away. So he's writing to them, and he said, I hope y'all don't humiliate me. Now here, as a leader, I understand Paul's pain because if I bragged about you and then you humiliate me, oh, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Let, let's just throw out a, a, a silly example. Ooh, Trish got the best peach cobbler in town, I promise. And then when you go over there, she give you something burnt. Got peaches and pears in it. I'm like, what, like, what is this? You making me look bad. And as your leader, when, when things are not taken care of, it makes me look bad. Amen. When, when there, when new people come to the church and there's no toilet paper in the women's restroom, it makes the leader look bad. But whoever pulled the last roll knew that there was no more. And so why didn't you tell somebody so that we could be prepared? Stop humiliating me because you are so haphazard and you don't take care of the place you say you love. Now, new people, we understand that's just different. But the same thing, when I'm back on my kids, me and my wife were getting ready to go to, to the jazz fest, and so I brought all of them into their kid bathroom. And they got trash cans overflowing and stuff on the ground. I said, how many times are you going to walk past this and not know that this needs to be taken and it needs to be dumped? But immature people, they'll walk past dirt all the time and never do anything because they're kids. But I wonder how many kids do I have in the church? Woo! 
I don't mind you bringing your Cheeto bag and having a little snack in church, but when you leave, take the Cheeto bag with you so we don't have to clean up after you because you're showing me you care about the ministry. Oh, Lord, here we go. Let me move. That's all a part of giving. It's all a part of doing. Let, 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 let me say this as well. I'm glad you made it to church, but you're not the only person coming. So don't take up two parking spaces, parking all crazy. Park right so that somebody else can park beside you. Let's let's think about each other. Let's be a ministry. Let's be a healthy church. All right, moving right along. Almost out of here. Come on. Therefore, I considered it necessary to urge the brothers that they should go on ahead of you and make arrangements in advance for your generous gift that was promised previously. So this would be prepared as a generous gift and not as grudgingly granted. Ah, so I, I don't want to have to beg. I don't want us to have to be like they did in the old church. Well, we need 75 more dollars. Anybody there with 75? Where you got to lift up three, four offerings. I promise when I took over, we was only going to lift up one offering. But sometimes that meant we struggled. Because people, you done went to the club and you done bought $16 drinks. But you want to put $2 in the offering. And you drove from the club home drunk and God helped you make it safe. But you don't want to bless the God that took care of you when you was doing what you shouldn't be doing. And because the pastor doesn't harp on the giving, you think it's okay. It's not okay. Now, I'm not saying that we need you to be blessed because God will bless outside of you. But you got to learn how to wake up and be prepared. God's been too good for me for me to play with him like this. God, I give you my time. I give you my talent. I give you my treasure. I give you everything because you've been good to me. Hallelujah. All right. I, just, just, uh, we're going to the last one. We're about done. I just, I just want to sh- uh, show you something real quick. Go ahead and, and, uh, throw something up on the screen. Uh, you don't even have to read it. And then, uh, in the back, go back and, and, and throw up one of the points. Just, I just want to, I, I just want to show something. Just throw up one of the points. Now, uh, make it in lower thirds. Do you realize all that stuff had to be done? Y'all come in here, y'all look all that. Do you know I got to do all that to make sure that it shows up and looks like that? That don't just, we don't just snap our finger and that stuff happens. Somebody has to prepare to do it. Ooh, I love my pastor because he works. Well, your pastor may not have to work if people would give enough money where I could have a salary and I wouldn't have to work. Ooh, uh uh-oh. But here's the thing, even though I'm working, I'm still going to give you top notch. I'm going to give you the best as much as I can because I'm not looking for people to bless me. My blessing's coming from God and I'm receiving it whichever way it comes. So I'm not fussing. I'm just making a point that if I'm prepared, the folk coming need to be prepared as well. All right, let's go back to that last verse and then we're going to close with that last verse. Thank you for being in the back for doing that. 
And I pay them to make sure that stuff shows up. All right. Now the point is this. Uh Uh-oh, so what's the point, Paul? The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. What's the point, Pastor? I ain't trying to get more money out of you. I ain't worried about I ain't worried about that. God is gonna take care of me, gonna take care of us. But here's the point. Those who sow sparingly, they reap sparingly. Those who sow bountifully, they reap bountifully. And the bountiful sowers, they are prepared. They're already ready. There are people looking at things saying, when I get blessed, there's some folk in here, I ain't going to talk about them. They say, when I hit the lotto, I know what I'm doing in the church. I'm I'm already looking. They have a vision. They're already in their mind thinking what this church will look like when I get enough money to blow the folks' socks off. They already have it in their mind. And the other people, all they can think about is going to the Bahamas. Ooh, I can't wait to get something so I can go to the Bahamas. But other folks thinking, I'm going to go to the Bahamas, but before I go, DT going to get hooked straight up. Because I'm preparing. Every now and then, my, my mind will drift, and God will say something to me. That, that it was uh, about two weeks ago, I was praying, and I just heard God say, what would you do with $500,000? In other words, don't don't wait till it shows up. What would you do? I begin to think what I would do, what I would take care of. And guess what? The church was not at the bottom of the list, right in my mind. I'm taking care of the church too. I, listen, when you have prepared people, it don't make a difference who get blessed. The first thing they're going to do, I'm taking care of the church that's been there with me when I was down. We started on the bottom. Now we're here, but I'm not going to forget the church when I get to wherever God wants. But in my mind, I'm already prepared, already thinking about it. I think that's my very final and last scripture, and then we're going to go right into our communion. So let's rise to our feet. Thank you for helping me preach this this morning. You can say amen, you can say ouch, either way. But either way, we're going to be what we need to be. All right. Let's let's go ahead and go to Matthew 26 through 28. We'll read this. Those are online. You help us. We'll do this together. Matthew 26 says this. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the men, for the many for the remission of sins. Let's go ahead and let's eat the bread. Verse 29 says this. I'll give you a little time to eat. The bread. And maybe when we get blessed, we won't have to stop eating these stale crackers, too. <laughs> but I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. We are in the kingdom of heaven right now, so let's drink the blood to that. Well, let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father God, we thank you, we praise you, and we love you.
And we honor you. God, thank you for the way the people received this message, even though it's a little harsher or a little more fussy, but they received it well. And God, I thank you that we're going to be more prepared moving into this next season because we are a phenomenal church and we're growing to what we need to be. But God, help us all tighten up, sure up, so that we can be the people you need to be. And God, bless our socks off. We've been through hell and high water. Show us that you are for us. Now, God, I'm praying that you would save those that need to be saved, that you would reclaim the backslidden. You would heal, touch, and deliver. And for that, I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer for any specific reason, make sure you find one of our prayer warriors. We will pray with you. We love you. God bless you. You are dismissed.